Oh, that one came up. Ace. We're rolling. <laughs> All right, we are back in business. It feels yeah. like it's been a year. Man, that, we're pretty good though, consistency, eh? He's like, you texted me and you're like, look, we have to miss one week out of 75 episodes. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, COVID, you know, it kind of yeah. makes sense. It's like... It was a good excuse, yeah. yeah. And our schedule's really conflicting too, so yeah. yeah, it's nice to get back at her. I'm sure we have a lot to discuss. Yeah, well, let's get into, uh, let's get into oh, you, first yeah. of all. We... we I just picked you up and uh, you're not moving too 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 fast. Doesn't look like I might have a fight coming up, eh? <laughs> yeah, and I talked to you last night. And yeah, so what what happened? Okay, so I I'll get into it a little bit um as far as like a potential fight coming up, but um yeah. So I've been prepping for that and like training really hard and last night we did some sparring. Felt really good. Um had my knee pads on, throwing lots of knees. Uh, because of the fight that I might have, it's K1 rules, so you can knee to the body, you can knee to the head. It's like a kickboxing match, uh, but with knees. And that's, yeah, just so everyone knows, kickboxing, you can't knee to the head, typically. You can knee to the body, though. There's no elbows, no clinch. K1, the only difference is K1 rules, you can knee to the head. Um, so that that's what I'm signed up for. But um, anyway, so we're sparring, and I'm throwing lots of knees. Felt great finished the round like finished all the rounds and i'm like you know kurt and i were like fuck yeah like you're you're looking good feeling good i could feel my legs like tightening up a little bit and i'm like okay whatever like just it was kind of nothing from me finish and i'm like i'm throwing flying knees like i'm moving i'm throwing high kicks like i was feeling great by the time i finished training and then got to aaron's place i was like walking like peg legs like straight legged i could hardly bend them this like rank pain was starting to happen on both of the front of my legs. Hmm. And I can feel today that there's like some pu like pus or like some puffiness in there. Like I, I feel like there's swelling and I can hardly bend my leg and it's like excruciating pain. And so like I, I, I went into 6am class to teach it. I could hardly move. I can't even throw a knee right now. Um, so I got some of the other guys to do a few of the demos. I had five privates booked this morning, canceled them all. Like Chris came Jeez. in for 7.30 just because I didn't let anyone know that I was sore. I was like, I, I should be able to get through some privates. So Chris McLean comes in and we're like moving around and within like 15 minutes, I'm like, man, I can't do this. Like I'm, it's like getting worse. I need to get off my legs and just like lay down or something. Hmm. So yeah, I had to like cancel and let everybody know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of shitty, but uh, I don't know what it is, man. Kurt and I thought like, Maybe because I was throwing so many knees, maybe I was hitting people's elbows and didn't realize a few of them. And maybe, it, but like on both legs, to have the same oh, that fucking airplane route. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> didn't think that one through. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that's what was surprising to me. Like I don't know if I like pinched a nerve or something, and it's causing this, or if it's just from like accumulated impact that I just have like severe Charlie horsing and it's just like swelling up. Weird, man. But yeah, like I can't move very well at all. I wonder if you can, no, it doesn't look like you could get anything drained at this point. It's like, yeah. Have you been icing it or not really? I've been trying to ice it. You know, there's, there's like, 
I don't know, apparently you're supposed to be kind of careful with how much you ice and give it heat depending on how much inflammation there is. Okay. A little bit of swelling is good. Yeah. Like it's your body's way of like trying to deal with it and heal it, yeah. heal it. But um, if it was like really inflamed or you couldn't even see my knee or anything, then you'd probably want to yeah. put ice on it. But So is it on your knee or like right on your quad? Yeah, it's it's like both spots, like probably Jeez. like a fist size here where it's like, like Aaron tried to massage it the other day and I was like, or last night. And yeah, she she was like gonna go like gentle, and her gentle was even like I'm like, oh, wow, like wow, you can't touch it like that, like it hurts so bad. It's got to be from throwing knees, hey? If it's both legs, I hope that it's just a Charlie horse swelling. Yeah, like I hope that that's all it is. But yeah, it's just it's good timing because we're going on a trip soon. But it's also bad timing because the fundraiser is like tomorrow, and yeah. I I really wanted to like show some sweet demos and like yeah, you know, like come prepared and show some sweet senchai shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can hardly fucking move right now. <laughs> Man, that well, it it's comforting knowing that it's the same on both knee. Like it's not like it's an injury right. per se. Like you twisted a knee or something. Yeah. But um, that's weird that it's so debilitating. Yeah, man. Yeah, like I Crazy. Like, again, like when I get out of your vehicle, like you're gonna see me struggle. Like there's, oh, yeah. like even when I sat to like take a shit this morning man it was bad yeah like i really had to assist myself like Ooh. down and, and back up and i'm like i'm like doing this because it's like bad pain but well that's why i was confused when i seen you walk to the vehicle because we talked at like nine last night and i know you hadn't probably trained since then so i was like how could he be injured like, yeah yeah but i don't know man hopefully it's one of those weird things where it's like excruciating debilitating and then tomorrow you wake up and you're like wow it's like significantly better today that's what i'm hoping for i hope that i just like i yeah i got nothing else going on but this so i'm yeah. gonna go back to aaron's place and i'm just gonna lay down elevate my legs and just relax and just stay off of them and yeah hopefully it's okay but um jeez yeah i um so yeah i signed the contract to that fight yeah and i'm fucking pumped i was yeah. like really stoked to do it like um but uh, I Lee Mean messaged me, the promoter of the organization that I'm fighting with, Lee Mean, uh, which is funny because I fought under his organization when I was 18 years old. Yeah. Now here I am, I turned 34 on Sunday, mm -hmm. fighting for for him again. He messaged Kurt and was like, "Hey, like apparently Jesse's labeled as a suspended fighter, so right now we can't proceed. So I have to deal with that. So I emailed them, I called them, left a voicemail. Voicemail. They're not getting back to me." My assumption is that it's a mistake on their end. They just saw that I I went and got an MRI in 2019 after that fight when I got rocked. Yeah. But even the MRI came back clean. So I don't know why I would be labeled under that. Because mm. typically, like as long as the MRI is clean, you just get like a three to six month suspension and then you should be good. Well, maybe they just, yeah, they never... Lifted it. Exactly. That's what I think is going on. So yeah. I, I think one phone call and I'll be all right. Yeah. Um, so in my mind, like I'm fighting October 1st, yeah. like professional K1 kickboxing match That's sick, man. That's against, exciting. against a current Muay Thai Canadian champion. I think he just won the world Muay Thai cup last year or something. Which Crazy. Is, so like it, it kind of excites me just cause like that's, that's a real challenge. Yeah. Well, know? I was telling you on the phone last night, you, you don't take easy fights, you know, like, yeah. And like, we want to be smart about it. Like there was the one fight that I turned down when it was, I think it was the only, yeah, the only fight I've ever turned down was like a month's notice against a guy who was 17 and one. And the one that he lost, he got injured. He like blew his shoulder out in the middle of the fight while dominating. 
Um, that was the only fight I turned down because he was like a really good grappler and like some Dubai amateur champion. I'm like, you know what? I need more time for this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, I hate grappling and I wasn't in MMA that much to take that fight. Yeah. Um, but this one excited me. You know, I, I watched the film. Um, when you watch him, the guy that I'm fighting, there's no standout thing that is like, oh, wow, like he's really powerful or really fast. Um, but what he does have, it looks like he's got a really strong mind and a lot of forward pressure and really good cardio, which those guys are a beast. I fought a good combination one of, of stuff. <laughs> I, I fought one of those guys before, Connor Derry, yeah. his training partner, and yeah. he beat me in, by decision. Um, but that was two weeks notice and I was, wasn't training kickboxing. I was always doing MMA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this would be fun, man. And how did that work? It said, it said he was, it said that was his first, when, when you had this fight, your other Muay Thai fight, it said that was his first Muay Thai fight. And then we found out after the fight that he had like 10 fights in the States under a different name. Something like that. Yeah. That yeah. I, I think some of his friends were like near Kurt and they were saying like, oh yeah, that guy's like, he's been fighting all over the place, like under different names or something like that. And Kurt's <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's like this guy comes to the fight October 1st and it's like Rod Tang. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. you just lied your name. <laughs> like what the fuck? I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's funny. Cause like this guy, um, they come from like a really like I, I like their camp the two guys I follow on TikTok super good dudes we've messaged each other like a lot yeah. um, he actually messaged me about doing Bang Muay Thai one of the guys um, I've been following them for like two or three years we kind of like build a relationship like they're like yeah anytime you're you know in, in the area like come train and vice versa and now I'm like fighting one of their main guys mm -hmm. October 1st so yeah. it'll be interesting so what gym do they fight out of? Um, uh, progressive <laughs> How do you, what do you say? Progressive Fighting Academy, PFA? Yeah, okay. Progressive Fighting Academy, I think. Okay. Under uh, Brad Wall. Okay. He fought in the UFC before. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do you know this guy's record? Six and one professional Muay Thai. I don't know about his kickboxing or K1. Okay. I know, yeah, it just says six and one pro Muay Thai. Okay. I wonder if he's had MMA fights like you've no. Not. no MMA. No, no MMA. Yeah, Lee said he's never had MMA fights. He's strictly like a striker. Yeah. Hmm. It's um, it's one of those things where it's like you know what you can do. You can watch a bit of tape. It's like you know you can't think too much about him. It's like you know what you can do and yeah. bring it to him. And yeah, man. And I just I felt like um, yeah. It's like I felt like a little charge, like a surge of energy as soon as I said yes. It's like your your purpose just gets so defined. It's so clear that you're like, oh shit. Like I'm preparing for this guy. Like let's do it. Start eating good. Start sleeping good, and just go to work. You know, I feel like I kind of needed that in my life right now. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? You know how the whole concept of flow state, to get in flow, you have to do something that's challenging a little bit out of your comfort zone, but in the realm of possibility. It's not like super hard, right. but it's like not easy either. It's almost the same thing when you're choosing an opponent. It's like you want, to, you want it to get a little, you want it to give you a little bit of a rise and be like, oh, that's a tough fight. Yeah. But I, but I could do it. Yeah. You know, it'll bring the best out of me. Yeah. And, and I, I, I believe I can win, but it's like, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's kind of that, that middle ground. hundred percent, man. I think so many people have like that bullheaded Neanderthal thing where they're like, I'll fight anybody, anytime, any place. Yeah. Okay. Go have a short career then. Yeah. Cause you're going to be the dummy that they put against their good fighter and they're just going to steamroll you and just yeah. build their record based off you. Yeah. And you're the one getting your ass kicked, getting injured concussions. Cause you get knocked out all the time. Yeah. I, I think people have to be like smart about who they, you know, it's like, 
someone at our gym actually said this one time. It was the one fight that I turned down that I just talked about. And this person was like, oh, she's like, I never pegged you as someone who'd get scared. Who, who'd be like scared someone of someone. Someone at the gym said that? Yeah. And I was like, do you think that's like fear or smarts? Like, that's, that's like, I was, and I was like, would you fight me right now? They're like, no. I'm like, is, is that, are you scared or are you smart? You like start taunting her. Are you scared? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah. I mean, like you, you have to be intelligent in this yeah. game, and like, look yeah. at Sean O'Malley. He he selected his fights carefully. Yeah. He made more money than champions did, and now he's fighting Peter Yawn. He finally is now like fighting some some top notch yeah. guys, but he probably could have fought the top notch guys earlier. Probably would have lost. Could have lost. Yeah. And then the run is over. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're intelligently selective. You're not scared by any means. You, yeah. you take you take challenging fights, and you know it's one of those things too where you know you get kudos to you, man. Like that's a tough thing. You know, you you hear that it's like okay, he's a he's a kickboxing you know national champion. Um, it's it's a scary thing, you know. Like you've only had one Muay Thai fight, but at the same time, it's like. It's, it almost reminds me of when Dwayne Ludwig, when that guy from LFA was saying how Dwayne Ludwig went to go fight Jens Pulver, who was like the mm. best in that division at the time. And right. nobody believed Dwayne would beat him, but it's like him and his camp, they knew what he was capable of. And it's kind of this thing too. It's like, you know, this on paper, this guy sounds like a fucking beast. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we know what you can do and we believe in it. And yeah, I believe you could go beat this guy. Yeah. You know? And I see that all the time. You, like Kevin Ross, I watch a little video on him. I watch a video on Senchai. Yeah. These guys, they just take on big challenges. I think Haggerty too at one point. Yeah, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Haggerty fucking w literally won the belt and won championship and called the guy out who nobody wanted to fight. Rod Tang. Lost to him. But Haggerty was like, that's, aren't we... Like, isn't that what we're doing? Aren't yeah. we fighting the best? Like, do you yeah. want to be the best or not? Like, I'm not yeah. ducking anybody. I got the belt. I wanted Rod Tang. Yeah. You know? That's gangster. And he lost. Lost yeah. the belt because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other part was just, like, I really had to, like, put the idea of winning and losing out of my mind. I was like, man, I just want the challenge. I really feel like mm. I just I want, I want to test myself. Um, and so I, I'm going to get into this. But I was watching, like, Luke Rockhold is fighting this weekend yeah. against Paula Costa. And there was an interesting interview with him and Daniel Cormier. And uh, Daniel Cormier asked him, like, when you were fighting before, um, like, it was you pursuing the belt. Like, you wanted to be a champion. You've got the belt. Now you got all these brand deals. You're making, or he lost the belt. But, he, you know, he's got a bunch of money. Daniel Cormier basically asked him, like, when shit gets tough, like, Paula Cost, if he rocks you, you know, and you get wobbled or something, like, what motivation can you draw from like what is your why why are you fighting this guy why did you call out a Paula Costa you know like that's a scary match and man it almost seemed like Luke Rockhold is in it for the I think Paula Costa is gonna knock him the fuck out yeah but the way he answered it it was almost like um it almost seemed like an insecure like panic response he got mad he kind of was like <laughs> His answer to what is your why for fighting Paula Costa was I'm a fucking man and I'm going to show, I, I don't back down from nobody. It, it was like these kind of, like that's not a good enough reason. Like yeah. Paula Costa might be fighting to feed his family. He might be fighting to get the belt. Like you need something bigger than just like your like dick measuring contest and see who the bigger man is. Yeah. So like for me to fight this guy, for one, I, I really was like, okay, like this is a tough matchup. What is my why? Because I'm going to need it. 
this guy's got good cardio. Mm -hmm. He's got good forward pressure. Looks tough. Looks like he can take a shot. Mm -hmm. It's only lost once. I need like multiple ways to like, holy shit, man. That bird almost fucking flew in what here. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bro, that was like right. Fucking, fucking. magpie. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I was just like thinking like, <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy? Dude. Like, podcast that... fucking magpie just right in your brand new vehicle. Fuck man. That was crazy. I hope it didn't scratch my shit up. Yeah. Eh? Anyways. Uh, sorry. No, it's all good. But yeah, just, you know, anytime I think we take on big challenges, whether it's a fight or whatever, getting a new job or like, I, I just feel like it's so important to like touch on your whys, like yeah. just kind of like redefine them if you have to. But yeah, one of the main ones was like, man, I just want to test myself. Mm -hmm. like that was a bit, I have a bunch of other ones, but that was like the first thing that came to my mind was like, I've been really loving striking. I've been loving watching people set up their knees and their techniques. I want to try it in like real time and see if I can do it against a tough guy. Yeah. You know? Like a real challenge. Yeah, man. I just yeah. wanted like a yeah. real challenge. That's gangster. Yeah. How was the Senchai, Senchai thing? Fucking sweet. Yeah. Hey? So do you remember when in, in the last time we did the episode, I forget the other word, but you you said there we have our remembering brain and like our present brain brain or something like yeah, that. Yeah, our our remembering self and our experiencing self. Yeah. So basically, like how we remember things is typically far better than how we experience it in the in the present exactly, moment. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I felt like I was very present. I was really enjoying the seminar. Nice. I caught a couple times where I was like smiling, laughing. Like Chris and I were just having a blast. Nice. And I just, I was really like soaking it all in. Mm -hmm. But I had to prime myself for that because I remember you talking about that. And so I would like, I was taking deep breaths while we were waiting in an hour and a half lineup to register. Jesus. Um, just lineup of ninjas, probably wow. over 200 people at the seminar. Wow. Um, and so I'm like in my head, I'm like, Hey, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Senchai's never done a seminar in Canada. This guy's got almost 400 fights, yeah. like 330 wins, like fucking legend. I want to soak this in as much as I can yeah. also because I know I'm going to be teaching it at our gym. So I really want to like pay attention and soak this in. Yeah. And yeah, man, I had a fucking blast. He taught us some really sweet shit. Sick. I've been teaching it in 6M class and I'm gonna, if I can move, I'm gonna teach it the fundraiser tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but it was really good, man. He's like a, a lot of different stuff than this kind of stuff we've done? Very different, wow. yeah, a lot of clinch stuff. Um, yeah, lots of knees, lots of elbows. Nice. Um, lots of ways to like defeat a taller opponent because he's always shorter. Yeah. Um, yeah, his hips were incredible, man. For a 42 year old, so get this, I'm all over the place today. Um, when he was, I think he was 15 years old, he was fighting like adults. Mm -hmm. He got knocked out. Um, he was fighting adults when he was 13. Um, he had lots of fights, but at 15 years old, he got knocked out by an adult and he promised himself he would never get knocked out again. Still to this day, never been knocked out, never even been knocked down. He was 15 when he made that promise to himself. He's 42 Jeez. years old now with almost 400 fights. Jeez, man. So it was kind of cool. Like when he, so he fights differently than most Thai fighters. He became like almost like a Floyd Mayweather in the sense of he's very elusive, very hard to hit. Yeah. So his idea was like, I need to be very quick. I need to move my head. Like I'm a sh I'm smaller than most of these guys. So when he came in for the seminar, he can't speak a lick of English other than mm. like kick, punch, knee, <laughs> one, mm. and you could count to 10. So did he have a translator? He had a translator oh, okay. there. And then he was telling to the translator like what he wanted to say. And the guy basically said that Senchai is saying that 
I'm not going to teach you how to fight Tai. I'm going to teach you how to fight Senchai. This is how I fight. Mm. So he's like, this isn't Muay Thai. This is how I fight. Mm. And I was like, dope. Let's That's learn sick. it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he taught us some really cool stuff, man. Damn. It was epic. Man, it's so weird. You think, you know, we've been training for so long. Punches, kicks, knees, elbows, clinch. It's like, how much more variation can there be? But it's like so much more <laughs> yeah man the, the styles can be so subtle sometimes yeah. but it's endless little details endless yeah man yeah and, and like i don't know it's always just night nice. it's it reminded me of um you know like if you train bang muay thai it's phenomenal system but if you don't train clinch that much and let's say one of our guys wants to enter a muay thai fight and somebody gets them in a Muay Thai clinch and they've never really been there. Yeah. Man, even if you don't like the style of clinching, you best know it well and how to get the fuck out of there yeah. and then stick to your, you know, BMT or whatever your style is, right? Yeah. So it's always n nice to like, um, yeah, just even just dabble in a few different systems. It's like, let's say you're um, like really into like upper body submissions in jiu-jitsu you should probably still learn some leg lock defense just in exactly. case you go against someone who's obsessed with leg locks exactly you don't want to be in a match and all of a sudden be in a position where you're like oh i've never been here before 100%. and that's their world yeah you know so yeah, yeah it's nice to like get some clinch work in and just understand it a little bit better yeah and yeah you're gonna have areas you like to train more and areas that you don't but it's important to run through it all yeah yeah, yeah. so he was and i seen that just from little video clips he was uh sparring random people at the end yeah that's pretty cool you best believe i had my hands up did you i wanted to spar him so bad yeah yeah um yeah it was cool man he's really playful yeah. <laughs> he didn't speak like any english so it was funny like watching him spar because he would like catch people's kicks spin them and then slap them on the ass mm. and just kind of play with them and then yeah. like um he was sparring this one girl and he caught her kick and spun her and he went to smack her on the ass he's like no 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 <laughs> he's like he was like a really like playful friendly like just sweet guy yeah you know yeah. but like killer yeah killer yeah crazy hey yeah just a true fighter from a kid like and man it's just cool what a legacy you can leave behind like when you've made that big of an impact in a in a particular field like martial arts or any field whatever you touch is worth money so we finished the seminar and we're about to like line up for um photos and he's just, I don't know if he planned this or if he's like, oh, I might as well make an extra buck on these Canadians. I'm going to auction off my gloves. And so right when they announced that, I'm like, oh, fuck, like I'll, I'll pay 250 for those. As I'm thinking, I'll pay 250. He's like, 100 bucks, two, three, four, five. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, they ended up selling for 850 bucks in Jeez, a matter of eh? like three minutes. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy. So is it what you were hoping to get out of it and yeah. kind of expected? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it was really good, man. We yeah. trained on hardwood floor though. That was a oh, bit rough. Okay. A little sore on the on the feet. Oh, okay, on bare feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was dope, man. Really good. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a different uh, kind of twist on things from any type of seminar we've done. You know, like even if it's not like a BMT kind of a Dwayne Ludwig seminar, it's been somebody within the system or somebody with that kind of style. But to take somebody like their thailand like they're like you said not even muay thai but his own personal fighting style like it's probably a different uh different outlook on things for sure yeah and it's cool man like that that place i started following their page man liam harrison's coming there next year i'm sick. going sick i just want to soak that shit in man yeah you know yeah, like man. i got multiple dope things from that seminar and if liam harrison comes like man that would be so sick investing in yourself those are like the some of the top guys you probably Put on your list of anyone in the world 100 percent. yeah yeah that's cool man yeah it was dope <sighs> yeah i got covid finally yeah I, hey. um 
I never got COVID before and then um, so it's been it's been like eight days since I first kind of felt it but um, I think I don't know why the reason it hit me so hard I think it might be the the Bangladesh version but uh, my girlfriend works with newcomers and some lady came in with her mask hanging off you know early last week and was kind of coughing and she came home and told me about it and she's just like she was just mad she's like why did I have to talk to this girl like like I, she shouldn't have been in there this and that and and the next thing you know she started getting sick and then I it was like two days went by and then I started getting sick I was trying to avoid it but I I obviously didn't avoid it and then I decided to take a COVID test she didn't even know it was COVID yet and I was positive so then she did and of course she was positive right. so but it was, yeah, you know, some people are kind of getting a little bit of a cough. And I was, like, for two two of the nights, it was really bad. It was, like, bad for three days. But it was, like, freezing, like, shaking cold and bad fever. And then, you know, you wake up, take a pill, and then you're, like, sweating. Like, your sheets are soaked. And just the headache, the weak, the, like, achy, everything achy. Did it feel familiar to anything else? Or was it, like, a brand new sickness? It was pretty familiar. It was like a like a bad. Flu. It was like a bad flu without puking. You know. Right. Um, I find when you're when you get older, you don't puke. I remember when I was a kid and I got the flu, you would puke. Mm. But it's like as an adult, you just don't throw up anymore. But um, yeah, and then I woke up Monday this week and I felt good, and I still had like a little bit of a cough. Um, just it's hard to explain. Things are just weird. It's like my cravings changed a bit. Like. I'm so particular with my meals, and now I'm like, I don't want to eat that. So I'm huh. like changing it up a bit. Interesting. Like coffee doesn't quite taste the same. Weed doesn't quite taste the same yet, you know? Right. But uh, I haven't like lost my sense of taste or anything, which is kind of weird. So, nice. um, yeah, I feel good, but I haven't worked out yet. I haven't trained yet. I've just been working and taking it easy. Right. But uh, yeah, it's not been, not been ideal. Yeah. So, and then I drove, we went up to Edmonton, I bought this vehicle. Um, what is this thing, a Lexus what? It's a Lexus NX300, so it's a 2021. Um, an employee had it leased for one year at the dealership and then I bought it, so it has like 22,000 kilometers, but. Yeah, six dope, man, I like the red seats, the red and black. I love it, man. I, um, yeah, like I told you, I just, I've been leasing BMWs, I've had four in a row and I just wanted to switch it up and just wanted to buy something, um, try to get something out of it when I'm done with it after, you know, three, four years, as opposed to just hand the keys over and it's like, oh shit, I spent 27 grand in the last three years and don't have anything. And yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to do that and just experience it and everything's under warranty. You don't have to worry, but you're pretty much just renting a car, you know? And right. I was like, the way I take care of shit, it's, I take weight, I take such good care of it, like for a lease. I was like, it doesn't make sense. So I baby my stuff, so I'm gonna take good care of this, and I think investment-wise, it'll hold a bit more value, and it won't be like working on a BMW that's past its warranty. Right. Just, that'd just be a pain in the ass. So yeah, that's yeah, sweet. the the vehicle market's tough, man. So there's like nothing around here, and you know you pay pretty premium right now. So I drove to Edmonton, and it's funny we have this like our girls are both vegan, and um, whenever I would go, Aaron's been on the eggs lately. Really? Yeah. Natalia's been thinking about the eggs, but she's just like, it's not even that there's anything wrong. She's just like, eggs kind of gross me out taste-wise, but oh. she's like, I'm thinking about it. How does Erin like it? She loves it. Yeah. yeah. She, but like, she, yeah, she'll like, she'll have some cheese and like, um, yeah, cheese and eggs. 
There's so much you can do with eggs too. Yeah. And the eggs are so good. They're like such a complete food. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Um, I cut you off, but. No, it's all good. But, um, so when I go to compete in Edmonton, we always go try all the vegan restaurants and stuff. And, you mm. know, like my girl's always pumped about it. And we found this one restaurant. Are you pumped about it too? Really good, dude. Yeah. Really fucking good. <laughs> I was actually excited. So I almost feel like. I just made an excuse to go back to this restaurant, so I went to Edmonton and bought a vehicle just so we could go for supper. <laughs> Spend fifty grand to eat a vegan dish. <laughs> but um, the fuck this thing is. <laughs> but um, yeah, a little more than that. But um, yeah, Pad Pad Padmanati. It's a straight vegan restaurant, and like I'll never go vegan. Like I love meat. She's not going to convince me to go vegan, but for these trips, I'll try some some stuff with her. And man, it is so. I I love when people. Let me back up here. I, I just appreciate people who strive for excellence in whatever it is. And this guy, it's this old Asian man who owns this restaurant. He's always there. We've mm. been there a couple times now and he's on the floor interacting with people. He's just like, he's the life beat of this restaurant. He's it's there. It's like Etienne's, the guy with the, co- like the yeah. fucking hair, you know? When you go in, you're like, oh yeah, this guy owns the place. Yeah. And this guy has so much pride, not only in the food, but in the temperature of the food in the service, in the people he hires, Hmm. in the temperature of the restaurant, in the feng shui, the way the restaurant is laid out. Um, Everything is just like excellence. And it's not excellence as in, oh, it's, um, you know, like a super bougie, high-class restaurant. Like, I went in there with shorts and flip-flops, and it's not, like, outlandishly priced. But, man, it is just so good like and we've been to some good restaurants but every time we go over there we're like wow like it's just like wow and um (laughs) i wanted to try to catch the guy to just basically tell him how much i appreciate him at the end and tell him he's a fucking good man but uh he was like taking selfies with these this group of kids at a table for so long i was like okay is he like famous or something there or why are people taking selfies with him i don't know it was someone's birthday it was this table full of like 16 year olds and I was just waiting, but he just kept like videotaping them and like taking selfies with them. And I don't think he's famous, but I think yeah, yeah. he's he's appreciated. Yeah, and he's been <laughs> doing his thing for a while, and people like are like, huh. yeah, this guy's the man. But huh. yeah, Pat Padmanati. If you ever take Aaron to Edmonton, there's two locations. Go to the one right in the hood downtown. That's his. Interesting. And uh, you definitely see people smoking crack on the street within a block of it. But no shit, there'll eh? be Maseratis parked out front and like expensive business people eating there. Wow, it's one of those hole in the walls. Damn. Last two times I've been to Edmonton, I've literally seen people smoking out of a crack pipe as just as we drive by, just on the side. <sighs> Edmonton reminds me of Saskatoon on steroids. It's just the same, you know, kind of shitty city, but it's just like bigger and more yeah. people. And oh man, this downtown area by this restaurant, um, it's so fascinating to see people who are doing drugs and like sleeping on the streets, but. It's so like heartbreaking too. And again, there's just, this guy was taking a big hit of crack and then there's this like white girl sitting on a bench right beside him with like scabs all over. And she had like blood running down her face from a scab on her forehead. And she was just spaced out looking into nothing. And I just like looked at her and looked in her eyes as we drove by and you know, it's like that was just a little innocent girl. And who knows what kind of life story she has, but she is in a bad place and when you see like human beings that are on the side of this street and this is where they've ended up from choices they made from environments from 
getting fucked over from whatever it is. This is where they are now. And it's so disheartening to see these people and be yeah. like, you guys are just humans. Mm -hmm. And you are so far down a bad path that it's kind of hopeless at this point. It's yeah. like, where, where do you go now? Man, I was, I was just watching a bit of the UFC countdown yeah. that uh, um, Leon Edwards, he's got a pretty wild Dude. like upbringing. Hey? Like his, okay. So his, um, he, he grew up in Jamaica, then he moved to like, is it London? I believe so. Like a rough area in London. And, uh, and his whole family was like dealing drugs. Yeah. And his dad got shot and killed when he was 13. Yeah. And so Leon Edwards, without like a father figure and just without any guidance, I like guess his mom was selling drugs, like the whole family. You know, he's doing the same thing, selling drugs, getting into gangs, going down that path as well. Then his mom, I think when Leon Edwards was 17 years old, she was like, hey, like, go check out this martial art gym. I want you to get the fuck off the streets because, yeah. like, this ain't going to end well for you. Yeah. So he goes there, and lo and behold, he's like, oh, like, this is sweet. Like, I can get into this. And, like, that that just kind of, like, um, took over his mind. He just said he fell in love with it, and it, it saved his life. It's crazy how many times you hear that. Oh, Kevin man. Ross, same thing. Guy was, like, an alcoholic when he was 13 or 14 finds Muay Thai and was like oh yeah I'm addicted to this now yeah. fuck booze isn't that you know? crazy yeah man it's just a savior for so many people yeah man. especially I find people that have like those really like like um like martial arts is intense fighting is intense and doing drugs can be pretty intense like living on the streets doing crack doing like gang shit it's like those those people that live that lifestyle like in gangs and are looking for that thrill like stealing cars and like doing some fucking wild shit they almost thrive in fighting because it's almost like that same thing but in a controlled mm. environment but it, i wonder if it like their their mind almost just like is just looking for that that intensity yeah it's like chaos in somewhat of a controlled environment yeah you know, so yeah, it's like I find a lot of those like champions sometimes come from like some pretty like rough backgrounds, yeah. you know, and think of the Diaz brothers, like those yeah. guys, it's hard to picture how those guys could thrive in life without having an avenue like martial arts. Yeah. Like they're not good communicators. They, they're just those type of guys that could rub people the wrong way just with their attitudes and how they are. And, um, just how would they express themselves? Yeah. They would express themselves through like violence and street shit and like, yep. and they are like such connoisseurs of like martial arts through that rock in their life. And yep. it's, it's cool to see man, how it can just help people. Like think of a Mike Perry. If it wasn't fighting, what the fuck? I would be f so far in jail. Oh man. yeah. And he's fighting Michael Venom page in a bare knuckle boxing match. I think <laughs> I hope he wins. I'm rooting too. for Mike Perry, but I think, I think you're going to get fucked up. Me too. Yeah. Man, speaking of Leon Edwards, he looks good, man. Like, he's he's a good fighter, man. I'm looking forward to the fights this weekend. Be a good one. Yeah. Jose Aldo fights. That's awesome. Kamaru Usman, yeah, against him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't even really taken a good look at the card yet, but... It's a good card. It'll be sweet. Yeah. Um, so it. you're going to be 34 on Sunday. On Sunday. So what's your plan? You guys um, we're going to... Shit. What's it called? Um, uh wolf den camping or something or like wolf it's got the word wolf in it but it's like an hour and a half away from the city yeah and they're like these wooden like kind of tp slash cabins um super basic like i don't think they have there's no fridge there's no stove um so we're bringing like a cooler with some food we're gonna have lots of fires 
um, bringing the dogs with us. And yeah, we're just going there for two nights just to like relax and chill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, man, just yeah. to get out of here. And plus, like, with my legs all gimped up, yeah, it's kind of perfect timing. And it's good timing that I like, I pushed it pretty hard on Thursday. Yeah. Um, man, I love that forward pressure. Yeah. I've been like, it's, it's tough though. Like, yeah. it's, it's tough to keep that intensity, especially against a guy like Hunter. You know, it's like he fucking hits pretty hard. He's a big yeah. dude, but I'm just trying my best to keep that pressure and just like yeah. suffocate people. Yeah. You know? Just always, are you just conscious of always moving forward when you're striking? Like, yeah. Essentially? Yeah. Obviously, you're like being smart about it, but um, I like that style, man. And I feel yeah. like I, I just want to really like um, just get ready for that pace. Yeah. Cause I think that's the one beautiful thing with like losing, man, you take so many lessons back that you don't always take when you win, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like the, when you win, the lessons get pushed aside because you're so excited about the victory. You just mm-hmm. kind of move on to the next. Um, but losing that Muay Thai fight, that was the first time I felt pressure like that where I'm like, fuck, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. It threw me off. Like I was yeah. tired after the first round. It was only yeah. two minute round. Crazy, I, like my eh? legs were gone. My lungs were gone. I'm like, holy shit. But I've never stopped thinking about that. Yeah. Like just dealing with that pressure. And so now I finally like really started to like apply it and I love it. Cause this will be in a cage, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's called rumble. rumble in the cage. Yeah, it's rumble in the cage. <laughs> rumble in the yeah. cage, but in a ring. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you have any kind of anxiety or? Because f- obviously that wasn't fun. Like that was a suffocating feeling, being tired, taking all that pressure. And the last time you had a Muay Thai fight, is there like a, like, are you feel like you're like facing a fear of like putting yourself back in that situation? Are you like, are you amped up? Are you scared? Obviously a little all both. It, yeah. yeah. It's more like I'm excited to take on a challenge like that again, but this time prepared. Come differently. Like I like again, that was two weeks notice. One week was me weight cutting. I think it was like ten days notice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, even less than two weeks. And again, it was like we did like four hard sessions and then I started cutting weight. Yeah. So that was my training camp. Yeah. And I just got overwhelmed. You know, that guy was preparing for that. He was very like well versed in that field. Um so yeah, I, I feel like I'm more just excited for the challenge to actually show up prepared. And man, I feel like I'm not thinking about win or losing this time. I'm yeah. just like, I want to fucking scrap. Like I want to like push myself and really like put on a fight. You and know? you'd be you you'd be a scary person with that mentality because you don't have the pressure of like I have to win. Yeah, it's like you know what you got your two last wins out of the way. Like yeah. you're you're flying good. If you're going in there of like I want to show off, I want to challenge myself, I want to. Yeah. It's like, that's a scary place, scary place to be like, like a yeah. good place to be. Yeah. And I just want to hit sweet shit, man. I want to try yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. and that's what I find with sparring with that forward pressure. Like I get hit a couple times, but, um, it's just fun coming in there trying to like land good knees. And I've been dropping some people with some knees and like landing some good ones. Yeah. So yeah, I just, in my mind, in my mind, I just keep thinking about like how to set up like power knees and just like yeah. start breaking Ooh. ribs and fucking yeah. hitting livers head, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and it's good that you know kind of what to expect. Like, it was probably a shock last time just with the the size of the cage, the pace of the fight. Yeah. You know, you probably pictured yourself like moving around like 100%. And it's like the it pace. wasn't that the and now pace, you know man. it's like hey it's probably going to be a similar pace i i feel like it's like yeah from when the bell rings till when it finishes yeah. like you've you've seen glory kickboxing yeah. k1 kickboxing they're just in the pocket slugging rock'em sock'em robots moving forward pretty much yeah man it's not those five minute rounds make a big difference in the pace you get to yeah. feel each other out you know you're touching here seeing how they react it's like in a three minute round it's like no you put your dukes up and you start chucking yeah you know and whoever has more forward <laughs> pressure 
usually wins. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's not like that in and out of an MMA fight. Like, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. Man, so so it's been... Two, it'll be like, yeah, two years since you fought then, eh? Um, end of 2019. Three it, years? It'll be three, yeah. It'll Isn't be, that crazy? Yeah. Three years. I guess the pandemic just threw a big wrench into things. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So that that's exciting, man. But man, it's just... Yeah, it's funny. Like, funny how... um. Like it, it almost um it, it was almost like the supercharge that I needed, bro. I almost started crying watching the UFC embedded this uh, today. Really? It almost like you know how we were just talking about the last episode where I don't feel that much. Yeah. It almost like brought life back into me in this weird, like exciting way. Mm-hmm. And man, I feel like um I feel like people need that more in their life. Sometimes we can get so complacent, me included. You know, you don't like you don't hit real challenges. Obviously, training, like, our training is hard. You know, I do cold baths quite a bit. Like, they're hard, but it's, like, sometimes you need to up the ante and really feel alive. And that's what I feel like this did. Like, as soon as I said yes to Kurt, I was like, holy fuck, here we go again. Now I feel again. And it was just, like, even just walking Layla today, I was, like, even though I'm in pain, (laughs) I, I just, it was, like, things seemed clear. Yeah. And that's a nice place to be in life. Yeah. You know, and then when the fight's over, yeah, I might go, you know, I'll still be focused on my thing, but it's nice to have like, um, hyper focus. It's like, I know martial arts is the thing and I give my life yeah. to it, but it's like a fight changes things a little bit. It really brings yeah, that man. fear involved and it. And again, it's forcing me to revisit what my why is. You know, it's not just to test myself. It's also to like truly understand the techniques that I'm doing so I can teach it to my students, leave what, you know, my own legacy behind. I'm not a sencha. I can't sell my gloves for 850 bucks, but I can be a badass martial artist in this area. People can respect the fuck out of what I've done. And yeah, yeah, it'll just like help my legacy. You know, if Aaron and I want to buy a house down the road, I'm doing really well financially and it just keeps growing. Like I feel like my privates have not stopped growing. Yeah, your dick's been getting a lot bigger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so yeah, like that and (laughs) even just the fight on top of it. So it's like, yeah, I want to buy a house down the road. I want to like take it. Yeah, it's all good. Um, So yeah, just making me like revisit a lot of that stuff. You know? And it's like the ebbs and flows. It's like somebody like you might need that. You might just need a big rock of a challenge now and then that excites you, that makes you feel. And then after all that pent up energy is done, now you can kind of relax a bit. Don't yeah. even think about signing a contract. Get right. back to training, walking your dog, having your coffee. And then maybe in another month or two, it's like, I want another challenge. Yeah. And to recognize that, you know, because yeah, for somebody like you, man, to sit, you're training hard every day for three years without having a goal or a purpose, even though martial arts is your purpose and like, you know, getting a belt is a purpose, yeah. it still could be a bit flat without like challenging yourself because you're working so hard right. and you're learning so much. And, you know, maybe down the road in 10 years or whatever, maybe your challenge will be like, maybe you'll have, you know, guys fighting under you and you'll be going to corner them and and that'll give you the nerves and the anxiety and the like, man, we need to prepare. I yeah. need to make sure my guy's in shape. And, yeah. but it's like, I think it's good for you to recognize that, that like you need, you need to sign a contract to go fucking fist fight somebody now and then to, yeah. to, 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 to feel a little more, you yeah, know, man, it's like a soldier training their whole life to be like this, this soldier and just never going to war, which maybe that's like war is terrifying, but I think some of those guys want to do it. Like they're the way yeah. their brain works. It's like, let's test this shit. Yeah. 
Like, I want to put my night vision goggles on and carry a gun into a fucking room. Yeah. Terrifying, but goddamn, if that yeah. doesn't make you feel alive, I don't know what does. And like, man, what are we here for? Yeah. Like, we're here to, like, test ourselves. And, like, if you want to reach your potential, you have to find that threshold of challenge. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just feel like I'm, I'm ready. For, I train really hard. I love the idea of fighting. It's terrifying. And I told Kurt, I was like... You know, it's it always is that same thing. Whenever he like is like, "Hey, we have a possible fight," my brain's always like, "Ah!" Like it starts to want to back out. It gets scared, but I always come back to most of the time. If I were to say no, it would just be based on fear. Yeah. Like the bigger part of me wants to do it. It wants the experience. It wants to win. It wants to grow through this challenge. If I said no, it would be out of fear, and that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. You know? 100%. I know, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Luke? Yeah. And I'm then, it, I'm a man. And you know what, man? Um, I, I get it. I mean, it's on a, again, we've talked about this, but a way smaller scale with with me competing in jiu-jitsu. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's not enough um, dire consequences involved as there might be in, in a kickboxing fight or an MMA fight, but it's that same thing if i don't compete for like too long i start to feel a little flat you right. know because we train so hard and it's like but then as soon as you sign up for a tournament or something you get that buzz back and you know you'll be like walking your dog or driving to work and you'll see other people and you're just like you know they're probably just going to their job it's like such a lackadaisical like uh right. da da life and you're like but like fucking three weeks like i gotta be on my i gotta be on point or i could get hurt and you you have that bit of angst in you, and it's like that's a healthy angst. Yeah, it's a healthy angst to feel. Yeah, man, it's like you that know? Hunter S. Thompson quote, which I'll butcher, but he basically just said like the goal of life is not to arrive in your tombstone or your graveyard perfectly wrapped up in bubble wrap. He's like, I want to arrive there with like missing wheels, black eyes, like bloodied up. Like I want to push this flesh vehicle. Yeah. His way of doing that was lots of drugs. But, yeah. You know, for some of us, like we need to feel alive and like fucking test this thing out. I don't want to just live to a hundred years old because I avoided every danger possible. I'd rather die at 70 and just have lived, yeah. you know, and really challenged myself and felt like what loss was and, you know, victories and all the yeah. glory that comes with it. But I think the people that train like you and I, who are like, we don't miss shit. Like we're, we're fucking consistent, man. Like competing is like, that's like, that's a whole part of it. And I think you really have to earn that right to compete. Mm -hmm. And if you're not training that way, you didn't earn the spot to compete. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this because people have come up to me at the gym before and they're like, Hey, I want to fight. If I don't see you regularly, get away from me with that. Yeah. Like, don't waste my time. Prove to yourself and me or whoever your your coach is yeah. that you can actually show up and be consistent. Yeah. I don't care about pipe dreams, about you wanting to fight when you show up once a week. Not enough. Yeah. You really you want to fight someone who, when you train once a week, you're going to fight someone who trains six times a week. Do you really want to do that? Yeah. You really want to take yeah. on that challenge? Yeah. Like, fuck, man. It's cool when you can watch UFC and see, see those guys' lifestyles as they walk into the arena and they're telling people they're fighters and this and that but it's like watching that and like picturing yourself like fuck that'd be cool that'd be good for my self-esteem that's different than walking the damn walk yeah man like yeah it is it's a beast um are you fighting on the same card as luke lucas yeah yeah Yeah. man lucas how old is he now 17 17 i believe this kid you know we trained with him when he was a kid you know coming up 13 years old he started at our gym 13 small guy 
very skilled, you know, good athlete, but you know, small guy, younger guy, and he's filling into his body now. He's getting big, he's getting mean, and his skills are still there, his dexterity is still there, and he's going to be a scary fighter, man. Yeah, man. He's a beast. He's a young man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool, yeah. like seeing, and that's why, like you know, I love the whole, you know, I love that I one day like I'm just going to be teaching you know and it's like you get little like gems like that where you're like oh fuck like this isn't just a good athlete this is a hard-working guy who's focused yeah it's like a hunter you know you get this young guy who's dialed in trains hard like I would rather have to work with people that you have to be like look take take a day off I don't I, it's the opposite sucks where you're like fucking get to the gym like you got to train more yeah and yeah like Lucas and Hunter like those guys are just they do they want to train yeah they, they want love it, it. Yeah. you know and it's okay if you just want to train and, you know, get some cardio and conditioning in and yeah. learn some shit, but then go to the lake on the weekends and this and that. But it's like, just don't talk about, don't talk about how you're going to be like a pro MMA fighter. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's just the competition that requires serious training yeah. and serious, like, you know, uh, mental toughness. Yeah. But yeah, if you just want to train, I don't give a shit how often you come. Yeah. You can come once a month and I'll still love you. But you come to me and you say you want to fight and you show up once a month, go fuck yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you did you see the fights last weekend? Like Cheeto Vera, Dominic Cruz? Yeah. Um man, Dominic Cruz looked good. Yeah. He looked good. Looked he was like very, Rob Font. Yeah. Yeah. He's very active, you know, and he was landing but but it's like, man, Cheeto's Cheeto's on a roll. I I kind of man, in my head I was like, This is gonna go exactly how Rob Font and Cheeto goes. Yeah. Those guys are fast, but the problem with that kind of footwork is you're never gripped to the ground, so your power lacks. So he's landing a hundred shots per one of Cheetos. Cheetos. Every time Cheeto touched him, yeah, he exactly. did the chicken dance. Because he's like he's he's lowered his center of gravity and yeah. he's gripping the ground and he gets power. Whereas yeah. like Cruz is like he bah, 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 yeah. you know, and he's all over the place, your feet are moving, you don't have that same kind of impact. Yeah. And plus just naturally I think Cheeto probably just hits harder than those guys. Yeah. And yeah, yeah he, he's, he's big for that weight class. And, he's you know, a big guy. of course, Dominic could beat me seven days a week with one hand tied behind his back. But the thing, the criticism I, I have of Dominic Cruz is he's got that, you know, cool style where he's, yes, he's switching stances, a lot of footwork. But whenever he switches, he just dips so low. Yeah. He slips so low on those sides. And um, it's funny, like in the minute of him getting knocked out, I was like, that left high kick is there, Cheeto. Because whenever he's standing in that in that unorthodox stance, like I don't know when Dominic when Dominic dips like that, it's like he, I don't know, man. It was just there. It was yeah. Just there. Yeah. Yeah. Cheeto's a scary dude, man. And you could tell he's focused. He's doing it for his family. He's like on a mission. Yeah. He's just that guy who everything is has aligned for him, and he's paid his dues. Yeah. He's fought however many guys. Like he's just kind of the guy right now in that division. Man, it's crazy how like I, I'm just. Dominic Cruz almost seems a little bit like this. He seems a little bit like Luke Rockhold, where there's a little bit of like um, it seems disingenuous. Like they're they're made, like especially Luke Rockhold more so than Dominic. Luke's Cruz. painful, man. He's painful, man. Yeah. And like I, sometimes I just wonder like, like you can't fool people like that. Like people smell it, they read it, yeah. and, and they can read that. Like I just wish he was like himself. Yeah. You just have more fans. Yeah. You're, everyone's trying to be this Conor McGregor. The pe reason people love Conor, because no matter what he said, even if it was disrespectful, you're like, yeah, he meant that. That was that's He's himself. Yes, he's just he's a shit-talking Irish guy. Yeah. Dude, it's the same thing in music. Somebody blows off with this unique style, and everybody loves it, but that unique style is that 
unique person being himself and then everybody tries to copy that style and it just doesn't work yeah. because it's they don't realize that's not it's not, not a gimmick yeah you're not doing what people want to hear like you have to do you yeah and, and it's going to be different than that cool thing that's in right now and yeah yeah that's the thing the conor mcgregor effect everybody's trying to do that thing and yeah and, and you know what even man like it's just upsetting like i love kamaru usman he's so good but the more you see guys win retain their belt be champions they just kind of turn into this like fucking cocky idiot right. like even kamaru now just like all the shirts open yeah. the chains he's got all the jewelry now and he's just got this ego to him now and like that like davidson figurata like some of these new champions after like one two three title defenses they just think their shit don't stink yeah and it's like hey tone it down a bit yeah yeah it can get to their head and man what what like not everyone is going to make the money most people aren't going to make the money that some of these sean o'malley and connors make because like that they're ronda rousey but it's like man even like a, a gimmick like khabib like when he put the wig on sometimes that's all you have to do to stand out you don't have to like try to talk. like me talking shit in a mic would be a disaster. Oh, me too, man. But I could wear a wig. Like sometimes you just have to think a little bit more about how you want to market yourself. But I think when you start shit talking and you suck at it, and it's mm. just like Luke Rockhold, man, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Unless maybe he wants to be the heel and have everyone just hate him, just but he's cringe, cringe man. Yeah. Like. Even the interview with Daniel Cormier when he was talking about, like, I'm a fucking man. And I was like, man, you are an insecure man is what you are. Good fighter, good athlete. But, man, like, what you're saying right now is not making me feel comfortable. Whenever I see Luke come back, I'm like, win me back over, Luke. Like, you know, you have potential. And then he'll grab the mic and talk. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, man. So hard to be a fan. Yeah. Just that. It's authenticity, man. Like, whether you're on Instagram just posting random shit, like. Like, you got to be authentic. People sniff it out. Oh, yeah, people aren't stupid. No. Yeah. Bye. Well, should we wrap this up? I think so. Um, well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for your knees. Unless you want to talk about him one more time. Yeah, let's close it off. We got a few more minutes here. Yeah, we got like seven minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just to wrap this up, I just wanted to do like, and I probably won't talk about him again unless he like says some wild shit again and pops up. But I think he's going to be famous for a long time. Uh, <laughs> we talked about Andrew Tate, and I just I just literally wrote down Andrew Tate final verdict. Um. He's blown up, man. Like more and more, and I don't think he's going away for a little while. But I was just you know I'm thinking about him lots just because yeah he's always on my feet I see him all the time and and again like a lot of what he says I I really do agree with the a lot of the other stuff especially around like women I think he's a fucking moron I think he's an asshole um but a lot of the stuff that when he talks about fighting obviously he's well versed in that he's really smart um when it comes to like um government corruption i think he's spot on with that Mm -hmm. when he talks about like psychology and and a lot of like masculine feminine energy i think he's right on a lot of things but i was just thinking in my head like do you think he's good for like young men to follow you think he's like like if you're like young young kids in like high school do you think like them watching andrew tate is going to help them improve their lives no i think you kind of said this before it's like there was somebody else we were comparing to him where they have some very similar messages, but it's like they were the type that did the psychedelics and were more mindful. Right. Because, like, he's right in a lot of areas, but... He's so aggressive he's with it. He's too aggressive. He's too egotistical. He's too matter-of-fact. Yeah. And, you know, he's the type of guy who makes money and, you know, he doesn't 
get into philanthropy, start foundations, help people promote cool stuff, he buys supercars and $300,000 watches, you know? Right. So it's like, I don't think he's, he's kind of putting out the right message when it comes to truth in certain scenarios, but he's putting out like a, not the right message for men to try to follow. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I think, like, in the broad scheme of things, like, if people are following every word he says, like, absolutely not good. But because he's so direct and so black and white, if some kid stumbles upon the one video where he was talking about, um, like, he was basically saying what Jocko Willink always says, like, fuck motivation. Like, you think all these people you see in the gym are motivated all the time? No, they have discipline. So if you, if you like, stumbled upon that video, mm. the way he punches you in the face with some hard truth, it's inspiring. Like, yeah. you're, like, you almost need to hear, like, that, like, hard push. You, can, you don't want, like, someone teeter-tottering in that particular field. So I, I like that he's so blunt in some yeah. ways. But what I was thinking was, like, man, there's a lot of better people to follow, like, for men in general yeah. man a lot of women love this guy just so you know this is not yeah. just guy like young men that are falling in love with this there's some girls who are like yeah he's an asshole but then like the interviewer will say something else and you can tell the girl's very attracted to him yeah. there's something about his like like dominate obviously he's wealthy you know he, i think he's a handsome guy kind of yeah he's got a really scrawny neck but you know he, yeah he, he, little penis head said that yeah but um yeah i was just thinking like man there's other people that are giving like really strong like masculine messages like jocko willink who are just more well balanced yeah. you know like they're family men yeah. they're, like they're loving but they're still hard men yeah. Right? Like Jocko Willink is he's killed people before. He's a black belt in jujitsu. It doesn't get harder than Jocko Willink. Exactly. Yeah. But he has a softness to him that I think is far better, especially young like yeah. young men watching him or like yeah. when you're in like high school and you're watching this guy like just call women bitches all the time and that yeah. type of shit. Now all of a sudden fucking seventeen year old Timmy's yeah. calling his girlfriend a bitch. And I don't like, like that. For for whatever reason it makes me uncomfortable when guys refer to women as bitches too uh, much. Yeah. Like it's because it, you're it, a fucking gentleman, but you know, like for real, it's like when he, even on the full send podcast, and yeah, but you know, doing this and when you're with bitches and it's, I'm just like, yeah. oh, it's like it's too too much, it's too yeah. brash, like yeah. But you know what? Like we talked about it too. Like those types of guys attract a certain type of female. Like you're gonna you're gonna get the fucking club goers yeah. like these girls that just you know fake lips fake tits fake hair fake lashes yeah. fake nails you know yeah. fucking thousand dollar dress that's who you're gonna get yeah you know they kind of the like to other. refer to themselves as a bad bitch yeah exactly yeah. you know and so but yeah i just was thinking i'm like he he's not it again yeah i like some of the stuff he says i think he's right but he's too much i kind of let him into the algorithm on my feed because i kind of like his little clips and yeah. i'm interested to see what he's talking about and like you said, I agree with a lot of it, but yeah, he's not, he's not the, the model that uh, right. everybody should be looking to. He's very polarizing, very entertaining. Yeah. Um, it's attractive to watch sometimes. Like it's almost like a comedian who like touches buttons where you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like that's what it does for me. Yeah. Even though I know some of it's wrong and bad, a part of me is like, oh, he's saying it right now. Like this is cancel culture. And I get like excited, but yeah, I'm just like, as far as role models, fuck no. And again, kind of like the Conor McGregor thing, it works because it's pretty genuine. Yeah. Like he's kind of himself. Like on the Full Send podcast, as soon as he came on, they, they're like, yeah, we're going to get some cigars. My girl's just going to get them for us. And they're like, what if they just don't want to? What if they say no? And he's like, how could you say no to me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, Andrew, let's go. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. So, but yeah, let's uh, get out of here so we can get your legs to stretch a bit. Yeah. Um, feels like it's been a minute, but nice chatting with you, buddy. And yeah. Until next time. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Episode 76.